0: Hey, I'm Colin Plume, and today it's self-made millionaire tips with my friend, celebrity chef Jason Full Love, who we've known each other for six, seven, eight years now, and a long time. And uh, Uh, it
1: was actually ten because it was Ross's 40th birthday party, and he just had his 50th. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good memory. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good memory. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's not sleep deprived like me, I guess. I am a little bit. So, a
1: little hungover, but no, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. That's all good, though. That's hey, all good. Back uh, from Palm Springs. Yeah. It's, you know. Gotta it's all enjoy okay. it. Yeah.
0: You gotta enjoy it. Yeah. Back to back to work. Um, Or I guess you are working in Palm Springs. Yes. So you're always working. And working tonight also. <laughs> and you're but working it's fine. Time. Oh, wow. It's all good. Always working. It's all good. Um, so Jason is a celebrity chef. Uh, I got referred, uh, we started working together, doing a number of things. And, and over the last 10 years, your career has gone in so many different directions. Yeah. You've done so many things. It's amazing. Um, and most recently, uh, the Grammys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, incredible. How was that experience? That was, that was crazy. So I had done the Emmys like nine times as like a chef helper for Patina Restaurant Group. And I'd done the Grammys one other time. So I'd had experience doing these like large events for like five thousand people, but it was the first year where it was like my menu, my team oh wow yeah, I was a featured chef. I did the press for it it was it was pretty you know it was amazing it was an amazing experience was it um, when you're cooking for that many people is it
0: did you want to go safe or did you, you got to challenge yourself I mean these are people that eat a lot of great food, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. it's not like a, it's not a normal
1: crowd. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, what's interesting about me is I always have this, this uh, internal battle where like, I want to do a menu that I know we can execute successfully that's going to taste well, right? But I also want to challenge myself and my staff to do things that are gonna be a little tough to pull off. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to walk that fine line of like, <clears throat> this makes sense to do this. But it'd be a little bit harder if we also did this. So let's do the thing that's a little bit harder. Just right. so we can keep building our skills and getting better at what we right. do. And it's in that you know at the end of the day we always pull it off. We always figure out how to do what it. What
0: was the the dish that you got the most feedback uh, from the Grammys about? Oh, that? one
1: thing. Uh, so the theme was take flight. So it was like Caribbean and you know Latin and South Pacific food, kind of like tropical vacation foods. Yeah. Uh, so I did a Kokoda white fish ceviche, which is a, a, a raw fish dish that me and my wife had in uh, vacation in Fiji. And I put that on the menu and it's not something I've ever seen out here before. Yeah. And a, lo- a couple like local Fijian people picked it up and started like retweeting it. So it was a big success. Yeah. yeah. And
0: then ceviche could be that's that <laughs> I can understand why that could be dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. Because that could go completely horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. Horribly I've wrong. had bad ceviche yes. <laughs> on a beach somewhere and it's not an experience yeah. I want to. And, for sure.
1: And so how many people were you cooking for? 5,000. 5,000 so was uh wow. it was 5,000 people. We had 24 different menu items, including oh, wow. desserts. And we had 56 food stations on the floor. Wow. wow. Yeah. Plus, plus we did like, I think it was 12 different past apps at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. many
0: staff were underneath you during that event?
1: I bought in the day of the event. I bought in 15 chefs that I've <laughs> known for 10 years just to kind of help delegate things. Mm-hmm. And then below that we had about another 75 uh, cooks and then about another 75 to 100 um, floor staff, like front of the house people. Oh, wow, yeah. So a, not, not counting like management team. And, yeah, yeah. I have a question,
2: like, two yeah, questions yeah. actually. For contracts like this, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's the right terminology, um, do you earn a lot or do you do it for your portfolio?
1: So for this uh, specific event, it was I was contracted to be the guest chef, right? So I was working in conjunction with Levy um because they have the contract to run the convention center right which is where the Grammys is held okay so I was kind of bought in to oversee the event in conjunction with them so I was uh having to figure out how to do a working relationship with Levy whose business model is mostly concessions it's not like fine dining (laughs) yeah so um that's why I also need to bring in a, a significant amount of my own help to kind of like oversee the project to make sure everything Tasted well and went well. Yeah. yeah, Levy does. Do they do crypto.com? Are they? I like, think they do like the stadiums. I know they do Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium. stadium. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they they don't do what we do, right? Right. Right. So, right. Um, but they have the contract there for that facility, so we had to work with them. Okay. okay. Yeah. My it second makes it question. Interesting.
2: My second question is, did you bid for this or somebody, how did you get the job?
1: Uh, So they wanted a chef that could do this type of food. I was was contacted by someone and they asked if I could do this type of food. And I said, absolutely, let's do a tasting. Um, I did a tasting and it went really, really well. And I got it that way.
2: Did you know if they contacted anybody else?
1: Uh, I, I am uh, under the impression that they did. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who they <laughs> No, I do not.
2: <laughs> if I text you and ask you. <laughs> who it is. He knows who it is. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to release
1: that information. Certain things we can't say. Um, but yeah. Um, Maybe
2: you can write it down and read it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It rhymes with no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to be second place on this job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. What, have you seen uh have you seen a big uplift and and awareness uh like has anyone that was there like reached out or like what what have you seen what kind of uptake in business this
1: this is what i say about all these types of opportunities and i say this to all my chef friends and i'm sure you probably understand this as an entrepreneur when you get an opportunity it's your responsibility to maximize the opportunity Mm -hmm. right so no one's going to you're going to get a, a big contract for a job but i'm going to bring my own photographer my own videographer i'm going to right. call my contacts in the press to make right. sure everybody i know knows about it like that's the way i approach everything that i get um so with that in mind i wanted i wanted to make sure my network knew that i was doing this like mm-hmm. for instance when i did uh the nbc live show i have a relationship with those guys so i contacted jessica personally i was like hey i'm doing the grammys can i come on your show and do a bid and they were like absolutely um you know like i said i bought in my own photographer and videographer we did like a a reel from that event and we put it on our social media and and just got it out to people so i think that if to answer your question i'm not going to say that there was something specifically i think that if we we see a a significant increase in business every year and i think it's because of our consistency like Mm -hmm. we're always doing something and i'm always telling people what we're doing right right? so um, <clears throat> regardless of what the situation is, I'm going to approach it that way.
0: You're framing, so you're controlling the narrative. Exactly. And you're not letting, right. and which is unique. And I think that's the thing I've always been impressed, uh, about you is like with your social media and you really do the photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that, uh, retreat out in, um, in Palm Springs yeah, yeah. and you, and I could, I could see <laughs> like. You're, you're you know you're making the food of this but then you're like, oh this you saw you know, this cool kind of outdoor barbecue yeah. and I walked up and you like you were just like I lit it. you lit it up and you're like, <laughs> oh, we're lighting this up. I don't know what I'm using it for and but yeah. you, you realize it was such a unique of course you know, uh, visual opportunity yeah. and I think that uh, what I find a lot of times is that you know you have these great artists uh, that don't want to do that side of yeah. things you know right. they they just think, I'll do great work and mm-hmm. it's it's going to come. And that that's where the entrepreneur
1: side comes in. Like I've right. always been, I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, right? Yeah. Where I'm going to take whatever situation it is, I'm going to bend it to my strengths and mm-hmm. try to own it, right? Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah. But where did you get it? I mean, did you... As a kid, was it something in you? That- yeah,
1: so um, it's kind of funny. I was actually just thinking about this interview way here, and I was—I was, I just got married, like we were just talking about. And uh, two of my oldest best friends were at my wedding. And these are two guys that I was in a, a rap group with a million years ago in, in Ohio. And we were very good, trust me. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I say that to say this even when we were making music together, I was like the one guy in the crew saying, How do we press our own CDs? How do we press our own vinyl? Mm-hmm. How do we get shows? Oh, I can rent a nightclub. How much is that gonna cost? How many tickets do I have to sell to fill the nightclub? Like, I was thinking that way in my 20s, right? Right. right. So it's like, I just took that same kind of like passion and application of business and I just added to what I do now, right? Right. So you were always on,
0: you thought of the actual real world applications, like how are we gonna make some money on on this opportunity? for sure. And how do we
1: grow our business and how do we let people know who we are and what we're doing and and grow our fan base? It's the same thing today. Yeah. Why did you give up the rap career? Or? Um, culinary arts took over my life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I did. I did. I was. Uh, I did music heavily until I mo- relocated to New York City, and I got an opportunity to work for a large restaurant corporation called Br Guest Restaurants. And uh, the year I was there, there was some. Someone came in and did an audit, and they got voted like the most efficient restaurant company in America at that oh, moment in time. Interesting. Yeah. So for me, it was. And at that point, I had been in the. I'd, I've only been in this industry. as like as far as like being a chef. So, I was a chef by the time I got there. I'd been an executive chef in Ohio, but I took a step back to take an executive chef position to work for this bigger company to learn more. Mm-hmm. The things I learned at that company, I keep with me today, right? The things I learned at that company, I got recruited by the Ritz Carlton like five years later. I took things I learned from that company and took it to the Ritz Carlton with me, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's just me always trying to constantly learn and grow and. Uh, And uh, get better at what I'm doing but to answer your question I got I I think when I lived in New York and I got pulled into that company I realized I was actually good at being a chef Mm -hmm. before it was just kind of like a job and music was my first passion right but like I really fell in love with the business and culinary arts when I lived in New York City yeah Yeah, and I just kind of walked away from it like it is also like a time thing right like I just I realized that I could if I pushed like if I put 100% of my energy into culinary arts, I knew I could do something really cool. Yeah. And I realized it in New York City, because it's the most competitive food city, you know, Anywhere. one of them in the world. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I went there and I was very successful there. So at that point, I was like, I'm just going to be a chef.
0: Yeah. It so. seems like people in New York have a, like, even when you read, like, I get the New Yorker. Yeah. And it's like the the review in the New Yorker is, is so... Critical. Holds a weight. It, it it really the way that they look at food, it's if it, there's so many restaurants, yeah. competition is so
1: high mm-hmm. that you can't be average no. in New York. They they don't even allow it. No, so when when I lived and worked in New York City at that moment in time, it was really hard to find a bad meal. Mm-hmm. Like it was like if you went somewhere and it was bad, it wasn't around very long. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. matter where. It could be a corner bodega to get a sandwich. Like it, everything was just good. It was yeah. just a different level. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so you mentioned that um, one of the strengths or one of the secrets that you do is to make sure that everybody knows what you're doing all mm-hmm. the time Yeah, professionally. Is there any other tip you can provide or maybe based on your experience, how you developed your network? Because network is important for you to get projects like this, right?
1: For sure, um, net, network is everything. I think it's, I say this to my staff all the time, like chefs, you know, in my industry, my industry's tough and you can be in a situation where you're not having the best time at a job or with an employer or whatever the case may be. Take the high road. Be the most stand-up, most professional person you can be in the most exhausting <laughs> and stressful advice. circumstances yeah. Yeah. and people will remember you for that right. always. And that that's the one piece of advice that I can give you. Because you're going to, in this industry, you're going to deal with some real some real uh, interesting people, I should say, right, Um, at some interesting locations. And a lot of larger companies, they have kind of like a culture that's very insular and kind of toxic. But it's it's something that people just have grown used to in this business. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of that came to the forefront in 2020 when COVID happened and everything closed. And then you heard people leaving the industry and not wanting to go back. Right. They wanted a better quality of life. They wanted better bosses. They wanted better benefits. I think that at the time when twenty twenty happened, everybody's freaking out, including myself, but I was able to come out the other side of that on top. And I think that we're gonna look back at that and what it did to our industry. And once we get recovered, I think it was a good thing. It shocked the industry. It shocked it shook up the industry. Yeah. I think and I talk to my friends about this all the time. I we always knew this that most restaurants were ten grand from going out of business. Right. Mm-hmm. At, in 2020, the world found out every restaurant was, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. 60% of restaurants are 10 grand from going out of yeah, business, but yeah. most people just didn't know that, yeah. right? Yeah, so no, absolutely. I'm throwing out that number 60, don't quote, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. lot. It's a high, it's yeah, a, it is it's a, high. a lot.
0: Yeah, they're just squeaking by. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. one, a few bad months. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're not, they can't keep the lights right. on. Yeah. What, what's been the effect, actually, this is great that you brought, uh, what's been the effect on you hiring people? Uh, and, and you know I we've had mm-hmm. you've cooked events and I, I see you bring a different energy yeah. which I think is great um, and to kind of go through I remember once in an event like the power went out like there's just <laughs> shit that happens Yeah, yeah. yeah you have sure. to be prepared for or yeah. you got a kitchen and the yeah. stove doesn't work or you know oh, there's, yeah. there's always something
1: going on that's, that's hashtag chef life
0: right? and
2: that's, <laughs> yeah. just, that's happening all the time yeah for sure no stove what you do get the lighters
0: How, what did, do you think uh like good, good, great chefs got got out of the business? Or do you think people that were average got out of the business? Or like who stuck around,
1: I guess, is what I wanna know. I think cream rises, right? So I think anybody that was truly good and passionate about what they do, because let's be honest, like most chefs get into this because they love to cook. I love to cook. I mean, you mm-hmm. know that about yeah, me. Like, oh, yeah. I, I just happened to be what I think kind of good at business also, right? And just have that kind of mindset. But cooking is my first love. So I think if you love something, you figure out a way to do it, and the older you get, you figure out a way to do it so it benefits your life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like controlling you in a sense. You have a little bit more control of it. Um, so I, to answer your question, I don't know <laughs> what happened to most chefs. I've spoken to a lot of people in the last two years offering, like looking for chefs at places that pay well, big jobs, and they're like, we've been looking for a chef for two years and we can't find them. I, I you know, up until talking to a bunch of my friends the last few years also, like, just trying to find like line cooks to come in, just like workstations and everybody's paying like $5 more than what they were paying before right. COVID, you right. know? Um, for me, our situation's a little different. I've kind of whittled it down to like, I have myself and five core employees, right? And then when we get larger events, we just kind of hire, you know, work for higher staff, which is fine. Because if I have like five people that I can trust, then they sure. can do anything, right? And th-
0: those, those five people are all, like they could all handle an event, independent of you or yeah
1: cuz we have uh certain times a year but we might have 3 events in a day in a day right you know and I can't be every place i mean this this coming saturday we have two events this coming saturday like we after we have 3 years of data now like we officially kind of started like 2020 so i know like when our busy seasons are so we like try to plan for it so like spring summer in la we get we get crushed right yeah. so every year we we get more efficient we i try to do I've always tried to do more things in house so I can provide more services. So like now if someone wants to do an event from top to bottom, we not are just only doing the food. We're doing like the bars, the rentals, whatever someone needs. Right, <laughs> like you will do the it floors. All. Yeah. And I wanted to do that, but it took time to get to the point where we had a team that could handle that. And right. We get better every every event. I yeah. look back at what we did, and we get better, and we get more efficient. And that's what we want. Yeah, one stop shop. I think
0: everybody wants. For sure. You yeah. Know, oh, okay. You can do the food now. I got to figure. Do I? How do I? <laughs> how do I rent the chairs? What yeah, about the decorations? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You just want one person yeah. to kind of coordinate the whole yeah. thing and make sure
1: it kind of. I'm really trying to position myself to be like a premier full service catering company in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. Where where um, where do you
0: get most of your referrals? Is it from past clients? Is it from yeah, um, um, uh,
1: wedding planners or, or party planners or we have a, a lot of repeat clients um, and then those clients refer us to more business. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of where we are when we we've we've done some ads online like Google and uh even some instagram and facebook stuff um and then we'll just get just people reaching out to us from that we have a contract with the california science center we're one of the 10 uh, preferred caterers on their list so they do events there all the time excuse me so, so they'll have like if someone say you come and you say i want to do an event there they ask you what type of event they'll show you around you'll pick the room you want to do and then they'll talk to you about what type of food and service you want, and then they'll send you like three caterers to pick from, out oh, instead okay. of like sending you the whole list. Like Got you it. should use Jason, this guy, and this guy. Just talk to them and get the bids and see Got what it. you want to go with. Got so, it. yeah, it's right. that. Um, that's how we get most of our business right now. Um, with that in mind, is I'm, I'm now that we're in a position where we have like a good core team, I'm really trying to position us to start going after more of these like larger contracts, mm-hmm. more performing art centers and things like that, and museum contracts. So that's what my focus is going to be over the next 12 months. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Like uh, which which kind of we're talking about like LACMA and those kinds of things like that. Things yeah. in that. That that, genre. that would
1: that would be cuz I was executive chef at LACMA for Bettina for yeah. many years right. and I have a great relationship with them. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but things like that. Yeah, so,
0: nice. So you're uh, just to go back to the question is you're, you know, finding chefs and finding people to, to do do you think it, in the environment today there's going to be, it's going to come back or because pe- obviously I think before 2020 and, and people really started to speak out mm-hmm. and, and I think part of it, and maybe I'm naive, but like people not being able to work for six months, yeah, they just, re- maybe they just realize like, this isn't for me. Yeah. There's a lot of people that probably just kept working and, mm-hmm. and, you know, fell into it and just they go, okay, wait, maybe I need to think about <laughs> my options. <laughs> maybe there's something else for me out there. Uh, what do you think to get a resurgence? Because obviously we need more, right? You're mm-hmm. saying there's so many right what, what do you think needs to happen for for this to be a, become a very desirable sort of career again? Um,
1: I think it's happening. I, I just think it's a slow burn. I think that uh, people are offering better wages, better work yeah. environments, better time off, better benefits. You know, I was speaking to... Uh, a recruiter a year ago and they were saying we don't even take on clients if they don't offer full benefits now. And that mm-hmm. was something you wouldn't hear from a recruiter in before twenty yeah, twenty. Right? right. They were just trying to get restaurants people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So now it's a little bit more, okay, we need to, to be a little create a better environment
0: for people. Environment. Yeah. yeah. And not so toxic probably. Exactly. There's been sure. a lot of these shows about toxic chefs. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it helps <laughs> <laughs> the image. You yeah. know, I always think of um, you know, on the flip side I always think of when the original Top Gun came out, they said a lot of people signed up. Yeah, but in the in in for chefs, it's like these shows that are coming out make it seem awful, yeah, and it's it's yeah. just like, when is it going to flip? Right, where it, it seems, you know, like I think the the chef the the movie Chef with I can't remember the Farbro that made it seem. You know, fun yeah. and exciting, but uh, there's so many that are the yeah. other way, yeah. and it, and it sort of creates this negative image. But uh, mm-hmm. listen, you, you're putting food in people's bellies, you're creating joy, you're yeah. around their their happiest, most exciting weddings, right. birthdays. I mean, there's definitely a positive impact. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, uh, movies and TVs can kind of bring that mm-hmm. back a little bit. Yeah. a lot of too much negativity, I think, uh, yeah. happening out there.
2: I always hear that food business is one of the lowest revenue turns turns out yeah. gives lowest revenue is that true
1: um it, it yes <laughs> so and how do you so, go no, around well, it? no so so to get on that um what I I we've spoken about this quite a bit I'm eventually yeah. going to get back into a restaurant at some point in my life uh, that I own um but one thing that I've learned is from my, one of my mentors uh, Joaquin Special, patina restaurant group uh, very successful probably some would say one of the top in in the country for years right mm-hmm. um one thing that he did that was very smart was not just have restaurants but he built a really strong catering business so what i've realized in my journey as a chef over the past 30 years is that for a restaurant business to survive you need other sources of income right mm-hmm. so okay. you, you're not 100 percent relying on just getting people in the door you know if you have a bad month you know um you need to have other sources of income that are food based so I, I started a product which is something I've been working on for a while and really building up my catering business so that when we get a restaurant, we can kind of take time to build the restaurant and the culture properly mm-hmm. and then have it grow organically so we can have just a really cool, nice place that people enjoy working, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it is it is very tough, and that's why a lot of restaurants go out of business. So Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that when they go into it. People who don't have restaurant experience, if someone just wants to own a restaurant because they just they just think it's like this fun, kind of romantic thing to have. I think they go into it and don't really understand the profit margins.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I was talking to uh, an attorney who negotiates a lot of these um, deals for investors coming in. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times she was saying that the investors in restaurants they don't even, they're very wealthy people. Yeah. They don't even look at, they just want to have a seat at the table.
1: They just want a place to go hang out.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, for sure. and, and it's so interesting yeah. um, because uh, f- being a business owner, like <laughs> I can find plenty of cool places to hang yeah, out. But, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe if I'm worth like, you know, 500 million, maybe the, <laughs> right. the story is yeah. different. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, you don't care. But, um, but yeah, that's, she said a lot of these, you know, she'd say like 70% of the investors, yeah. they don't even really look at the business mm-hmm. as a whole. They just think, oh, this guy's, or, or person's a cool chef. Like yeah. I like their food and I want to be able to get a reservation on Friday night.
1: And tell my friends that I own
0: the place. So exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Which, which, yeah, yeah. no, li- li- <laughs> I mean, you've, heard, uh, you've obviously heard this a million times. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, um, It's one of the
1: dark little secrets of our business. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. It,
0: and, and so it is interesting to think that as you mentioned, people don't think of it so much as a business. Yeah. They just think of it as like, it's just about the food and it's just about this. And, and the other thing I was thinking too, is, I, you know, I look at real estate all the time and look at opportunities and, you know, we've talked about some mm-hmm. things, but it doesn't seem like, um, even though rents uh, for office and other buildings have gone, it doesn't seem like, and maybe I'm wrong, have res- restaurant leases prices gone down at all?
1: I haven't noticed. I've been looking nothing. It, right? Yeah. It's it's the same. Yeah, it's exactly. It changed at all? It's not like someone's arguing, offering bargain basement prices. Yeah. right Yeah, I mean it's, it's 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 nuts. like. Yeah.
0: And I always I always wonder why, you know, you hear about these stories where you know they they increase the rent so much mm-hmm. on an institution. Yeah. And then that place, sits fucking vacant. <laughs> for, and I'm like, I'm like,
1: yeah. Good, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you got a, per, a tenant in there, because the, when you own retail shopping centers, I, I sold retail shopping mm-hmm. for years, and the they explained it to me is that the best retail owners are the ones that realize that you're in partnership with your tenants. Yeah. That you are actually an, you're a partner in their business, sure. and I didn't really understand that, but now I mm-hmm. really understand that. Is yeah. like, if you want to take every penny away, they're not going to be able to stay in business. Yeah. It doesn't make sense.
1: And then you're going to have an empty building.
0: And then you're going to have an And the, By the way. To move in a new tenant,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean it's a. F- I mean, what by the way, I I we haven't talked about it since. But whatever happened <laughs> to that deal, that one we were looking at?
1: That deal fell through, um, and then another place, another person took it over, and then it literally that spot just opened up. I want to say last week. And so they, it's vacant oh, again. No, no, it's open now, but they don't have a liquor license. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that was part of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah. yeah that was yeah, part of that deal. Yeah. Was that he was like, oh, I already did it. Yeah. No, no, no. But I thought he had beer and wine, but he didn't have liquor. There's
1: there's nothing
0: there now. There's nothing.
1: Yes. Okay. So, so that's I gonna going to go. Something happens.
0: <laughs> so we should. We were looking at. Uh, he was going to open a. We looked at a deal that he was going to take over, and um and what Manhattan Beach or Redondo yeah, or was, something. It uh, was Hermosa. Hermosa. But, yeah. But, yeah. They're all very close. Yeah. 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 And uh and we got kind of close to a deal, but the the tenant was just totally full of it i mean yeah, he, we got some bad vibes yeah he wasn't telling the whole <laughs> yeah. he didn't tell the whole story yeah, right? yeah i mean that was yeah. that was part of the whole thing which i think is happens it happens it happens yeah, it happens in that thing. yeah. Uh,
2: has there ever been a contract you were awarded that you end up not doing or certain projects that you simply do not want to do
1: um no i, I recently had a, a consulting thing that we did earlier this year um or company that didn't end too well, but I but they they were not an LA based company, and I kind of did it to to be helpful. And uh, it was during our slow times; we get really slow, like around January. So I try to look into other projects around January. So I started a few new projects in January. I was like, "Well, I can take on this new client and help them set up their LA thing." And they just didn't really have understanding of um, what their client needed, but I couldn't put too much emphasis because my contract wasn't for my food; it was for doing their food. So I was like, I got to know what your client is looking for. Um, So there was only so much I could do and my hands were tied. But it was it it just ended up being just a kind of a bad experience for me and my staff. Um, Again, another learning experience to also at this point, I need to be very, very kind of like careful of what projects I get involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I get approached about things a lot, Yeah, now, but I, you know, at this point, I, I also have a brand to protect that I'm very proud of and I have staff that I need to protect too. So yeah, yeah, it was just a learning experience for us. Yeah. So. yeah. And time,
0: you know, yeah. I think you're, you, you, I mean, you know, like how much time are you investing into something, yeah, how exactly. much is, it's worth, right? Right. Exactly. Like the Grammys, you know, whether you made a fortune or you did okay yeah. or whatever. like, that will be around. Yeah, like you're. That's exactly. that's on the resume. Yes, you can always drop that. <laughs> right, you know whenever right. you need to, and so that's
1: that's something that it's worth. Another another into. really big thing we did this year is we did the inauguration for Karen Bass. We did that oh, really? Event. Yeah, I didn't and, know that. Uh, we've done I think seven events at uh, the Getty House for the mayor this year too.
0: Oh, at the Getty House. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, we're listen. I think we're coming up on
1: time here. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, Jason Full said. Love. Uh, you want to drop your Instagram? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh,
1: Chef at Chef Fully Love on Instagram. You can uh, message us there if you're looking for a caterer for your events or anything for your special events. Uh, email info at jasongeorge And
0: a personal testimonial Jason is an incredible chef. We've done tons of cool events,
1: he can make anything. I always ask, "Ah, what about,
0: yeah, I can do that.
1: There's not one thing that I haven't. No, my favorite Colin story is I'm literally packing up my stuff and leaving to go to his house. And he's like calling me. I'm like, what's up, Colin? He's like, hey, can we add pizza? I'm like, yeah, you have like, what, you have a pizza? He's like, yeah, I got a pizza. And I was like, all right, I'll make the dough right now. So I stopped and I made pizza dough and it was it was. Well, and then,
0: so it's one of those, you know, pizza. And we had used it a bunch of times, but it gets so hot that we, Sharon and I just literally burned every, like to the crisp, <laughs> every pizza. And I didn't even tell, did I ever tell you that Sharon burned off her eyelashes? No. The oh, first, no. yes, okay. <laughs> The first time we opened it, because we didn't, it was, you know, gas. And we're like, it's not working. And Sharon put her head in there. Oh my. Oh
2: no.
1: And her
0: eyelashes literally, like, luckily she didn't like catch a fire. Yeah, right, yeah. And that was like the first day we got this pizza oven. Her eyelashes just totally, (laughs) so, and then, so every time we're lighting it, we're lighting it from six feet away and uh, and never could make it. So then Jason comes, the great party. And he's leaving, and he's like, "How's the pizza? And he says, "How's a pizza?" And I go, "Yeah, pizza." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I I know how to make pizza." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like, Of course, I'm an idiot.
0: Uh, thank yeah. you so much. No, of yeah. course. And then we're it gonna get time. into. Uh, yeah, yeah, We're gonna get into this. In yes, the next, yeah. in the
1: next one. All right. Cool. All right, thanks. Thanks, guys.